Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You know, many of us would be very short-sighted. Well, God, I have this relationship with somebody. I need that fixed. Somebody else would say, well, I have a little debt. And I need help with that. I have a medical test coming up this week, and I need help with that. Not, none of these wrong. But I mean, if the God of the universe would ask you, what do you want me to do for you? Would we be so short-sighted to forget eternity, to forget the big picture, and focus on the current little problem that we'll have plenty more of those tomorrow? If God asked you today, what do you want me to do for you? what would your answer be? There's so much more available to you than what meets the eye. Do you believe that God desires to bless you? Today, Pastor Mark will challenge listeners to consider what they ask of the Lord. Jesus has the ability to open your eyes to the spiritual needs in your life and see others through his heart. Yet so often we only see our physical and material needs at hand. God wants to stretch your faith beyond the patterns and customs of this world. But are you willing to let him today? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew as he continues with his message entitled, Jesus, Open My Eyes. You might have the King James and the New King James, and it kind of sounds like this. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So, how do I get faith? How do I believe in God? I have to what? Hear the Word. Read the Word. Two blind men. How are they going to read the Word? By the way, there was no Word then. It was Old Testament. They couldn't read it. They had to what? Hear it. What's happening in this place this morning? You're hearing and reading the Word of God. What does that do in your life? It brings faith. Is faith important? You see, our world is exactly the opposite. Here's what our world says. Pastor Mark, you prove to me there's a God and I will believe. No, the Bible is based totally different. The Bible says this, you believe and God will give you proof. Well, Pastor Mark, how does that happen? God gives every person a measure of faith. You can believe. You absolutely can believe. I mean, you believe that at 12.15 this service will be over, don't you? No, you don't want your faith in me. You want your faith in who? God. You say, well, is faith really necessary? Let me give you a little clue. In the beginning, God. You're either going to believe that or you're not going to believe it. Can you prove it one way or the other? Well, were you there? 
No, you can't prove it. So faith is absolutely critical. Well, how will... Think the opposite. If I hear the word, faith comes. What if I don't hear the word? What if I go to church and I don't hear the Bible taught? Then can I have faith? No, I can have a nice religious meeting, but I can't have faith. And then the Bible later in the book of Hebrews says this, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So that's why here at Calvary Chapels, we teach the Bible. Bring your Bibles. Bring them every week. Read them. Open them. You're learning about God. And what's going to happen with all of this? Think what happened. Let me ask you a simple question here in Vieira. Do you think when you leave this building or you leave in Vieira, do you think you'll leave this morning with more or less faith than you came with? Well, three of you got it. Let's think about it again. Will you leave with more or less? You're going to leave with more. Why? Because you listened to me. No, because we heard God's word. Let me give you a clue. It never returns void. It's powerful. It, oh, it's, going, oh, it, it's going to open so many eyes today. It's the powerful, perfect, never changing word of God. Well, go back to Matthew 20, verse 32, just where your finger is. These men call out. The crowd says, forget it. They call out again, what's Jesus going to do? Notice verse 32. Jesus stopped. He stopped. Now, why did Jesus stop? Because he had compassion. Jesus had come to serve the hurting world. Understand, last week we learned the disciples, two of them said, we want to be on your right and we want to be on your left when you open the kingdom. And Jesus had to sit him down and goes, guys, it's not about you. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Why did Jesus stop? Because he's going to show his disciples by example how to serve. See, if I'm going to serve God, I have to stop sometimes. I have to understand it's his agenda. It's his agenda. It's not mine. You see, God will open up for us Moments of opportunities. I can either blow right by them, or I can realize that God wants me to stop. This is going to be an eye-opening experience for the crowd. They can't believe that Jesus is stopping for two beggars. It's an eye-opening account for the disciples. They've just heard Jesus say, I'm going to the cross. But he takes time to stop. And have compassion on people. So it's an eye-opening experience for the disciples. This teaching this morning is going to be eye-opening for you. And it's going to be eye-opening for me. Point number two. God opened our eyes to see, stop, and help hurting people. Could it be that in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our places of work, that we don't realize that there's hurting people all around us. You know, God didn't put you or me in our neighborhood because it was the house we wanted. I mean, it was the house we wanted, 
But he put me in a neighborhood because that's where God wanted me to be. To share the good news. God didn't put you in the job you're in because of the benefits. If you were listening to God, you might have had great benefits because he loves to give us good things. But he put you in that job to be light in a place where most of your co-workers, and you absolutely know this is true, are blind to spiritual truths. And if there's any kids, college, high school, God put you in those classes, in that college, for the very same reason. You see, Joel, at a young age, figured out that the answer to life was God. The sooner you figure out that God's the answer, the better your life will be. Not only do I have to open my mouth, but God opened my eyes to stop and see hurting people. Where is Jesus? Jesus is in the marketplace of life. He's around people. Why? Because there's a real heaven. There's a real hell. Lost people matter to God. They should matter to us, and I know they do. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you after he stopped? There's the question I started with. Wow, what an open question. I mean, this is Jesus saying, what do you want me to do for you? Look at verse 33. How do they respond? Lord, we want our sight. (laughs) We want to see. Good answer. But Jesus is going to do it one better. In the early 1950s, Walter and Arthur took a drive out in the country, past some uh, old shacks and some orange groves. Walter stopped the car and He said to Arthur, I want you to get out and look at something. And Walter got out and he said, you see these thousands of acres? I purchased them. He said to Arthur, next to these thousands of acres are lots more acres. Arthur, if you'll just spend a little money right now and buy the acreage next to the acreage I bought, Arthur, you will be a happy, rich man the rest of your life. Well, Arthur looked out at the land. It was nothing. He got back in the car, and Arthur and Walt began to drive back to the town they'd come from. Walter said, what do you think? Arthur said, well, it's nice for you, but really, I don't see any potential there. I'm not really interested in it. He turned down the deal. The two men, Walt Disney and Art Linkletter, true story. You see, Walter, Walt was trying to see that he had a vision to build Disneyland. And he was trying to his close friend say, hey, Art, if you'll just buy some land next to me, wow. Because of being short-sighted, Art lost out on the deal of a lifetime. If Jesus would stop by your seat this morning, if he would say to you, uh, what do you want me to do for you? You know, many of us would be very short-sighted. Well, God, I have this relationship with somebody. I need that fixed. Somebody else would say, I have a little debt. I need help with that. 
I have a medical test coming up this week and I need help with that. None, none of these wrong. But I mean, if the God of the universe would ask you, what do you want me to do for you? Would we be so short-sighted to forget eternity, to forget the big picture, and focus on the current little problem that we'll have plenty more of those tomorrow? You see, God puts people in leadership who have vision. The reason, the Bible says, without vision, the people perish. Now be careful. We have lots of preachers, pastors, motivational speakers that call themselves pastors that never use the word that will say this to you. Just get a dream and go for it. No, you just don't want a dream and go for it. You want God's dream and then go for it. Could we be short-sighted? Or could we be people of faith? That's hard. There's a verse I want to give you this morning. And it's a verse that these two blind men didn't know. But you need to know it. It's found in Jeremiah 33. It says this, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Guys, don't short circuit God in your life. Don't put your spiritual blinders on. Oh God, y'all, I think you only want to do this. You can only do this in my life. I, wh- don't do that this morning. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we can ask or think. But it's never about us. It's always about him. It's for his honor and his glory. So these two guys, they say, God, help us. We're we're interested in uh, having our eyes open. Well, why do I say God's going to do more than they'd ask? Well, the reason is, you came into the world spiritually blind. Every single person did. But Jesus came into the world as the light of the world. He came to his own, but his own, the Jewish people received him not. But as many as received him, he called sons and daughters. See, our eyes have to be open. Well, who blinds our eyes? Our neighbors, our friends, you. How did we ever come? Well, because of this principle. If the good news we preach is hidden beyond a veil, 2 Corinthians, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to understand the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So we have a physical blindness and we have a spiritual blindness. Spiritual blindness is always worse. Listen to Helen Keller. Better to be blind and see with your heart than to have two good eyes and see nothing at all. Number three, God, open our eyes to see the shortness of life and the importance of eternity. Life's very short. With all the things that are going on in our lives, we need to understand the importance of how long eternity is. And that lost people need to hear the gospel because they won't spend life with God but apart. One of the keys that I want to remind you is found in John 8, 24. To go to heaven, you have to believe what these blind beggars believed. They believed Jesus was the Messiah. We have cults today. Let me say this kindly to you. We have the Jehovah Witnesses. We have Mormons, wonderful people. Watch me. 
They're blind. They do not believe that Jesus is God. In fact, they do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Both of those cults believe that Jesus was created. No, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. God has always been there. How important is it they have their blinders open, plus lots of other people, including you and I? This verse says it all. John 8, 24. I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be. If you don't believe the one I claim to be, you will indeed die in your sins. What did Jesus claim? He claimed he was the Son of God. He says the Father and I are one. So you cannot go to heaven. You can't have your eyes open unless you believe that Jesus is the actual Son of God. You see, it's who died for our sins. Who died that makes the difference. Verse 34. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight. Notice Jesus didn't say this. Uh, here's some drops. Take two days for four days. I'll see you at the end of the week. He reached right out and supernaturally healed their blind eyes. That brings up point number four. God opened our eyes to see that nothing is too difficult for you. We know from the book of Mark what healed these men. Certainly it was Jesus, but what really healed them? Look at Mark 10, 52. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Now, God heals lots of ways. Sometimes it's our faith, it's the elders' faith. But in this case, these men had heard that Jesus could heal. They didn't only hear it, they believed it. They knew that God is able. Say it with me this morning here in VR. God is able. Say it like you believe it. God is able. See, he's able to do whatever. He's God. But we kind of put him in a little box. Well, God, you can't do this, you can't do that. No, open our eyes this morning to see that nothing is impossible with you. By the way, this persistence, these men, they're beautiful. They don't ask for bread. They don't ask for shekels. They ask for their healing. Many of us came to the Lord way after God began to speak to us. It happens when we're ready to open our eyes to the truth. Don't be discouraged. God is able to do anything. God is able. The last words in this last verse are a key. Immediately they received their sight and, tell me what, and followed him. This is number five, our last one. God opened our eyes to see that following Christ is not an event, but a lifestyle. Notice these two guys don't go, hey, man, look at color, look at this dirt, man, look at my clothes. What in the world I've been wearing? Well, thanks, Jesus. If you're ever around here again, call us. You can have a dinner with us. See ya. Bye. No, they knew a truth that you and I have to understand. If you're going to be a follower of Christ, you follow. Much of our world doesn't follow. You know, there's two kinds of Christians. There's Christians that are committed followers. They go for it. They're focusing. That's what you guys are here in Melbourne and Vieira. They go for it. They become people of influence. And they expand the kingdom of God 
On the other hand, in all of our churches, we have people that are, well, 1 Corinthians 3 calls them carnal Christians. They simply aren't interested too much in spiritual things. They drop by once in a while, but they remain focused on the things of this world. Such people are so heavily influenced by their culture that they end up compromising their convictions. And as a result, they have no influence in our culture. The day began for the two blind men like a thousand other days. They woke up that morning and ate maybe a small piece of stale bread as they began to tap their way to their favorite begging spot. Once there, they took their place with many other beggars, hoping that they would get enough to calm their empty stomachs. They listened with heightened hearing since their sight was gone. They knew all the sounds of the market as the day would begin and as the day would close. But suddenly today, something was different. A large crowd was coming their way. They asked the people what all the commotion was about. Why the crowd? Why the masses? And someone said, well, in the middle of this crowd is Jesus of Nazareth. We read what happened. The day that began like all others for these two blind beggars ended very differently. They met Jesus and received not only their physical sight, but their spiritual sight. As a result, they began to follow him, and they never were the same again. For some of you, your day began like a thousand other days. You woke up empty, lonely, Guilty, afraid of death, another day with no purpose, no real joy. You have never discovered the truth of who Jesus is. And Jesus has stopped by your seat this morning. And he's sitting right in front of you. And he's asked you the same question he asked the two blind beggars. What would you like? me to do for you. Yeah, the the very creator of the universe cares for you. And he stopped to tell you he loved you. What does he want to do for you? Here's a verse let me give you. I'll read it to you. It's found in Isaiah. It says this, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known, Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make their rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. It can be easy to get sidetracked in this life. Even as a Christian, there's so much that demands our time and attention, which can draw us away from the Lord. Today, Pastor Mark taught listeners that following Christ is not an event, but a lifestyle. It often takes an awakening from the Spirit for us to understand this. Do you need to pray today and ask the Lord to open your eyes to see how you've been fooled by the patterns of this world? Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. What does God expect of a church body and its followers? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will answer this by giving several requirements. As an individual Christ follower, you have a responsibility to contribute to the purpose and ministry of the church. The church today should be showered with truth, prayer, and godly leadership. Jesus took the place of worship very seriously, and so should we. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting